0: And good afternoon. Welcome to Milberger's Gardening South
1: Texas on 930 a.m. The Answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch. There we go. And we're ready to talk gardening with you when you call us at 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Trace is up on the porch with us, and he's got uh, the plant of the weekend. He's going to tell us a little bit about what else is going on. Grab that microphone there, Trace. That'll make it easier. Yeah, would, wouldn't it? Something's wrong. Something's missing. What's up, Trace?
2: All right. Well, I want to let everybody know we started getting our tomatoes in. Woohoo! And uh, just took a little survey over there. We've got Sunbright Dwarf Cherry Surprise.
3: Sunbright's last year's rodeo tomato. This year's rodeo tomato. This year's rodeo
4: tomato. Yep.
2: Uh, Dwarf Cherry Surprise was a few years back. Yeah. Uh, Tycoon, a few years back. Large red cherry.
4: That can't be right. Cherry said tycoon is off the
1: market. There's a typhoon. It <laughs> no. was a typhoon tomato.
4: Here. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Listen, just, just stick with us on this. It's gonna, we're going to be okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, don't listen. Celebrity, Red Deuce, and Ruby Crush.
3: Oh, those are good ones.
2: All right. So we're doing four-and-a-half-inch pots because, uh, I mean, as hot as it is, that's where you should be starting. Easy to, to establish, weeks, yeah. Right? Less stress on the plant than the little peat pots. Uh, we do have a few varieties in gallon cans as well.
3: Oh man, those are beautiful gallon can uh, tomatoes. Yeah. I mean, thick stems. We just I
2: had a uh, customer come up here a second ago. and had one in. in oh it was, yeah, it was nice. I couldn't
3: believe how big they were. How nice they were.
1: So the uh, we we're going to have that the the raccoon tomato is off the market.
3: Right. Yeah. Okay. But Tycoon, Tycoon is
1: back, yeah. or is is available. In but please don't numbers. don't listen to the podcast from about a month ago, <laughs> or, <laughs> or two months ago. Yeah, yeah that is anything nothing. this year. Yeah, uh, just ignore anything we have said about Tycoon. Well, that's wonderful. Now, I know that people were going to be upset. I don't think it quite kicked in yet, but I think people were going to be upset when they found out that uh, they couldn't get Tycoon, but they still can.
4: Yeah, but that, that's a whole uh, set of uh, wonderful tomatoes, red yeah. deuce. Uh, Sunbright did pretty well, too. So
2: these should all do great for yeah. a fall garden. And, Good. And uh, as we, I think, experimented last year, uh, this is the time to do it, Anytime between now and the second week of August. But uh, if you can get them in now, you're going to get closer to production faster than anybody else.
4: Well, last year we got, in, got them in in uh, July, and I don't think... Uh, i don't think anybody missed full production uh-uh. Cause they, uh because they you know by the time the cold got here we were were thinking of pull, pulling them out they finished their work and they it was re- just in time for the uh for the winter vegetables to take over
3: well i want to tell everybody make the announcement to everybody after all your badgering have you? and everything i got i got the uh Sorry. The late, late, the real late tomatoes that we that we plant over to. Uh,
6: <laughs> I know you can't slap him, but in, I can't.
1: Here uh, we well, need we uh, need,
3: a, need a little electrical
1: uh, <laughs> a little taser, just yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Calvin's
1: helping one and Trace is trying to help her with. <laughs> The information,
2: a, yeah, the, the, the okay. real information. But uh, any,
3: anyway, the uh, Roma Surprise and the uh, Surefire, which which we plant late, uh, I, get, get, I get, got the seed. I, I got the seed, and <laughs> you're killing me with this. Yeah, yeah. I, okay, I got focus. got got the seed and uh, <clears throat> got it to the grower. And he will plant it to Monday, this coming Monday. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh.
2: the <laughs> He does much better when he's got the names in front of him. Yeah. <laughs>
3: but anyway, uh. They'll plant on Monday and they'll be ready the first weekend August, which is oh, okay. right on time.
1: It's not very far off.
3: And, uh. Again, uh. We had to rustle around to get to the seed of that Roma surprise. Uh, had a hard time finding it, but uh, uh, we did 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 get some seed from Dr. Larry Stein, and uh, so we we'll, we'll have some of those. Now there'll be limited numbers. Uh, I'm I'm almost afraid to say Milberger will have all the plants, but uh, I'm not afraid uh, to say that.
2: What is, <laughs> What are
4: we talking
3: about? Uh, Roma Surprise. Oh, cool. Now you, uh,
2: you asked me this morning, and I tell him how many. I'm going to tell him, well, how many can you plant? <laughs> and then I'll take, then I'll
3: get them all. <laughs> oh, you could Uh Give me that list back. Yeah, uh, now the, the you got on there uh, dwarf chairs Surprise. Yes, we do. Is that what's on the tag?
2: Well, I don't know. That's just what I remember it as. Uh, oh, so that's nine sixty eight. Yeah, it's, it's oh. all the same thing. Okay, okay. In my mind, it's always that because that's what it was called B-H- when that's, first
3: what came that's, out. What, that's what Is it BHN nine sixty eight? Yeah, a dwarf chair surprise. Because it, it was, it was. I originally got it as a as a dwar- as a. I wanted a dwarf cherry tomato. Uh, but but. Um, that's a that's a good uh, good listing, and uh, I'm glad to see uh, Red Deuce on there. Um, mi- uh, my, of course they're just they're just beginning to pick and uh, just beginning to harvest tomatoes in the hill country, up around Junction whatever. But uh, the Miss Nethery up there, Betty Nethery, says that uh, Red Deuce is the best tomato she's ever grown, and that's. 30 years' worth or or more. So uh, I'm I'm glad to see it's still on the market and uh, still available.
4: So Uh, so Steve Brown says the best one is Tycoon. I mean, you can find a great gardener that's a champion for all of those wonderful (laughs)
3: tomatoes. (laughs) Well, that's true. And uh, all all of them, uh, we, we evaluated our tomatoes for next year's, uh, rodeo tomato. We're looking for next year's rodeo tomato. What's the name? The name is uh, night uh, 2019 rodeo tomato. I
2: <laughs> thought he was actually going to say it there. Uh, yeah,
3: <laughs> you got to catch him. You can't be. You can't be obvious. Subtle. Uh, un- unfortunately, it's a number again. Yeah, he
4: will probably can't remember it. It's probably uh, that, the safest that, way. That's true. Uh, <laughs>
3: that's very true, but. Uh, we 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 ha- we didn't have very good luck with our trials. I mean, uh, so one of our our main trials at the Farms out there at
4: Von Army, and um, well, I think this was not the great our greatest spring for tomatoes. I, I definitely it is.
3: He he had the worst. They had the worst looking tomatoes they've had in thirty years.
4: I think. yeah. Because I, my, mine were great, but we a lot of our listeners, you know, yeah, have just called in the same thing. Oh, they got a yield, and the the most reliable were the same ones that are reliable. Yeah. but it just didn't compare to the other other years. But that's
3: it, that's that's the way it was out there. Yeah,
4: and that's why that's why you want to plant more than one variety, and you want to try some new stuff. Yeah, yeah.
3: but when, it, when it's like that. When it's like that, and you're evaluating tomatoes, now we we planted about uh, uh, about uh, 24 plants of of 20 to 25 varieties, and uh, of course it, it's funny when we were walking down and, and evaluating them. You say, "Hey, that's a good one," and that's a past rodeo tomato, you know, an ex rodeo tomato. Mm-hmm. So uh, our rodeo tomatoes performed well in a bad year. And uh, the neat thing about evaluating them in a bad year is if you have one that does extremely well in a bad year, then then that's in contention for your next rodeo tomato. So
2: can a rodeo tomato double dip? Can it win two year two different years?
3: Well, uh, I tried that one year. <laughs> back with I forget what the variety was, and I caught hell over it because they they want something new they want to try something new this is a this is a customer <laughs> and the gardeners. so i i I haven't doubled up now what what we're struggling with now is this uh, we, we never made ruby crush uh rodeo tomato
1: oh no, mm-hmm. and so uh it
3: it keeps on coming to the top,
1: and it trials. Buying something? <laughs> no, but it's not a new tomato. So, but it's
3: well, it's it's been on the market. People have tried it, and it's a cherry. It's cherry
4: is it's a this. cherry. And the cherry oh. is the toughest. Yeah.
3: So we we may throw it in. We may have two rodeo tomatoes this year because Ruby Crush is doing so good in our trials all over the state. And, and and people have liked it. People have yeah, liked, people really liked it here. Yeah, yeah, like the taste. Said it's even better than uh dwarf chair surprise. Dude, that's hard Blasphemy. to believe. Blasphemy. That's hard to believe. Blasphemy. But it's a difference. Yeah, it's a distinctive and, difference. Yes, it's distinctive difference.
4: And you can like both of them. Right, right. I I uh, talk about it being a little sweeter yeah. Then uh, right. Then BHN 968. Yeah. But sometimes you're in the mood for that little sweeter yeah. one, and then the other times you like that little a little sharper taste. Both of them are wonderful to have in the garden.
3: As far as yield is concerned, mm-hmm. uh, they're both good yielders.
4: And then that Ruby Crush seems seems to me has a huge potential for a uh, container tomato.
3: Oh yeah, yeah.
4: Because it's uh, really a determinate.
3: Yeah, it, it is a true determinant. tomato. It doesn't get mean, very large. Meaning it stays small and small, so it's good for patios.
4: And um, Can you imagine having a patio tomato that actually tastes wonderful? <laughs> it doesn't just and look pre- pretty. It produces a lot yeah. of fruit. It's not just an attractive plant, but it's a yeah. very
1: tasty, competitive plant. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. What else is going on, Trace?
2: Well, you see what's blooming over there, right? I
1: sure do. Tip of the Laura Bush? Laura Bush petunia. Yeah. All right. Are those the ones from last week? They bloomed in a week?
2: Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and, they've, and they've doubled in size. Yeah. That's so, incredible. Uh, I, we planted some oh, in a bed man. in the front. Uh, and, That's exciting. Uh, and those have tripled. So in the ground, wow. they grow even faster than in the little pots. Oh, cool. All
1: right. Well, I was going to,
3: which is good for a gardener, but it's not good for the, the seller. You know, they don't want them oh. to get too big, leg and lanky. But I think, I think Trace has figured out the, how to sh- shear them back a little bit yeah. so when they get out of control.
2: Well, my goal is to sell them before they get to that. But
3: well, that would be good, too. And you
2: have sold a lot of them. We have. Uh, but we still have both colors. So we have a, a lighter pink, and then we have the, what did we determine that Violet. Was? Violet. 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 Okay, violet color. <laughs> Both Laura bush, and, and there were a few odd strays out there where it was very pale, almost white. So yeah, that,
3: the mother, the mother of a Laura bush is a is a uh, well, it's pollen. It's the pollen parent.
1: Did you want to ask? No. the, oh, the you, you can parent. say that on the air if you like. <laughs>
7: Uh, Roger from San Antonio just wanted to let you know uh, we love your show. We well, listen thank to it every you. week except when we're down here, of course. <laughs> well, <laughs> where which, are you from? Originally from Southern California, but we came here as soon as possible to Texas. There you go. We've been in San Antonio 18 years now. Oh my goodness! Wow. Oh, okay,
1: yeah. good. So, well, how can we help you? Since you've been so complimentary, or maybe we should just leave it where it is and not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what just, are you trying to get?
7: Just. Well, our daughter's getting married, so we're coming down here looking for stuff for possibly for the reception. Oh, cool! Decorate it and stuff.
1: Any suggestions, guys? Congratulations on the do- on oh, daughter getting married.
7: Appreciate that.
1: Let's see. I'm trying to think.
7: Greenhouse
1: stuff. Oh, the greenhouse stuff. Yeah, the or. And then, is it outside or inside?
7: Uh, it's going to be inside.
1: Okay. So how
7: how
4: how long greenhouse. how long before?
7: Uh, about four weeks.
4: Four weeks. Then uh, I was thinking of the, uh, uh, you would of course you'd leave them outside until the, right before the wedding and then these. What am I? What what? what?
2: Ice plants. What you point? No, out. not the. Uh, the the coneflower. The, penta. There's
6: a whole bunch. Callus? of penta
4: is, penta is a good one, but yeah. also the, the, the cana. No, right here in front of me. I, I, the
6: sunflowers. Yeah, they're they're not
2: they're red not be- uh, There you go
4: yeah but but also be, beyond those the coneflowers. Cone flowers,
2: Coneflowers. Cone cone
4: mm. okay all yeah. these yeah all these guys are really decorative now the but the pentas are a good one because they they are really stable and so you put, you put those you know in a, put those in a couple of days before and you wouldn't would be no no threat to them in terms and there're lots of nice colors like you know the red that dark red there and then you got some bigger ones all around the nursery, right? Yes, you do. Yeah, really making an impression. Uh, too bad the well, let's see, a month the uh, ornamental peppers would be ready. right. Yeah,
2: I think you need to procrastinate. Look around, see what you <laughs> like, and then procrastinate till about a week before. All right, and uh, and then make a final selection because the, the 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 plants will be different by then, and there'll be other stuff in bloom. And I'd hate for you to buy something now and go out of bloom by the time it's uh, needed.
7: That's a good idea. We'll follow that. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Yeah. All right. Thank you for the nice words. All right. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Trace, you want to talk about the plant of the weekend? Weekend, weekend, weekend. Yes, weekend.
2: Uh, I will. Weekend, good. weekend. <laughs> um, all right. So we did this one last year, and uh, it didn't get enough play, so it's coming back this year. It's okay. Salmic basil.
1: 2017. Uh, this superstar. superstar,
2: and uh, I think we might have been the only ones last year that that it even got it because it was in such a limited quantity. Yeah. After it was announced, uh, I bought most everything that was out there. Yeah. Um, so we've got it. We've got it in two sizes. There's some four and a half inch pots that are fit in with our herb selection at two twenty nine each. Okay. And then I've got about ten. In 10-inch pots, and they are fantastic looking. They're right next to the uh, ornamental peppers down there with the purple leaves. Oh, wow. And um, so I encourage everybody to Google it and make sure you put plant on the end of it. because Yeah, uh, otherwise
1: you'll get recipes for what's what we did. Yeah. Uh, the first one that comes up is uh, AgriLife, uh, Texas. Who's that? AgriLife.org, um, an article from 2017, Texas new Texas superstar introduced balsamic uh, basil.
2: And it's, a, uh, it's a beautiful purple... I guess that's a seed head.
1: Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. It's it's It really has a pretty seed head. Versatile basil, according to uh, Dr. Brent... Bemerton. Thank you. Uh, the plant has an attractive green foliage, uh, deep purple blooms that make it a good choice for gardeners who want to incorporate edible plants into their landscaping gardens. There you and, go. Uh,
4: a lot of people don't realize it, but that... When they go to seed, they're very attractive to the birds. It is pretty. Those lesser goldfinches and cardinals will come right up on the, if you've got it in containers on the patio. Yeah. And, you know, colorful little things are all over it.
1: According to the article, to be designated a Texas superstar, a plant must not only be beautiful, but also perform well for consumers and growers throughout the state. Texas superstars must be easy to propagate. It should uh, ensure the plants are not only widely available throughout Texas, but also reasonably priced. And they are. And they are. In fact, uh, I kind of make fun of it a little bit on our commercial today, Uh, but uh, Millburgers every week features uh, Texas superstars as part of their their ads. And you always uh, talk about Texas superstars. Because uh, these are plants with a proven track record.
2: Right. They, they're proven to perform in our situation as well as yeah. other parts of the state.
1: I know it's disappointing when you get I mean, sometimes people buy plants. You can hear their voice when they call, and maybe they bought it at a big box store, and it looked good there, but it really wasn't for uh, San Antonio. Well, Texas superstars, that's not the case. They look great uh, just like those other ones, and they're, they do well in San Antonio. Cool. And Laura uh, Bush is a Texas superstar. Cool. I'm it, looking at the sale item. It looks really good, yeah. Oh, okay.
3: They've got they've got them by quantity, and that's the way you need to plant uh, petunias and annuals, flowering annuals. But uh, they're $3 a piece, but 10 for $25. All
1: right. Well, listen, let's do this. We're going to take a quick
3: break. Thank you for that $25. Um,
2: We made it round just for you.
4: (laughs) And and these are petunias that will naturalize in your yard.
1: Yeah, you won't have to plant them again. And while we take a break, give us a call, 210-308-8867. James, you're up right after this. Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 a.m., The Answer. It's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 M Bull Verde Road with your Texas Superstar lineup for this week at Millburgers. Our first Texas superstar blooms from spring through fall with a profusion of sky blue flowers. It loves our hot summers. It's drought tolerant, and butterflies love Blue Plumbago. Now on sale in the one-gallon container for just four eighty-eight. Are you looking for a Texas superstar with extremely heat and drought tolerant that attracts hummingbirds and butterflies? That has beautiful electric orange blooms, then you must be looking for Mexican bird of paradise or pride of Barbados now on sale in the three-gallon container for just nineteen eighty-eight. Our next Texas superstar is a plant of dual personalities. You'll enjoy its light blue and purple blooms all summer, and its heavy yellow berries in the fall. And it's on sale at Millburgers in a deco pot, the twelve-inch deco pot. is on sale for just sixteen eighty-eight. You'll find these and all your favorite Texas superstars at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, sixteen oh four on Bull Verde Road.
8: If you're listening to this station, I can tell we have a few things in common. You care about this country, your family, and your faith. My name is Dixie Bishop, owner of Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We'd like the privilege of serving you when you have a plumbing problem. That's what the diagnostics is all about. With our skilled licensed plumbers and leak detection technology, we can find that hidden leak that's affecting your foundation or turning your yard into a swamp. We at Texas Plumbing Diagnostics are not on commission. Our flat rate pricing will cover it all. And of course, Of course, we do it all, from water heaters and softeners to stopped-up drains and new gas lines. See why Angie's List has given us the Super Service Award five years in a row. Or read our testimonials at our website, tpdtx.com. Call us at 210-698-9790 for Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We respond to your emergency. Staff.
0: Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We respond to your emergency.
9: This is Dennis Prager. When it comes to your home, math is your friend. Well, math and Sergio Martinez with Help You Sell. If you're buying or selling a home, I suggest you call Sergio, a 20-year licensed real estate professional. Help You Sell doesn't charge you the traditional 6%. When you sit down with Sergio, he'll show you exactly how their low set fee program will save you money. Let's do the math. The difference in commission between a $200,000 home and a $500,000 home is $18,000. But did the more expensive home get $18,000? dollars or more in service and marketing probably not same service, thousands saved, it just adds up. Help You Sell is the clear choice in San Antonio and the Hill Country. And you know how I feel about clarity, so call 210 or online at hushillcountry.com. To find out how much you can keep in your pocket, call 210 to get a free home evaluation and market analysis. 210 693 for Help You Sell.
1: And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. You can be a part of the show. Come out and visit us. We're live here at the nursery at 1604 in Boulevardie Road or call us at 210-308-8867. Hey, James, thanks for waiting through the uh, break. How can we help you today?
10: Well, I've got an interesting uh, problem for you. I've got a little hydroponic set up, and I'm looking to... Uh, start a new, a new hydroponic garden, and I wanted to grow some tomatoes. And especially, I'd like to grow some cherry tomatoes. And I wondered what you thought, what varieties, what seed varieties you thought would work best in a hydroponic setup.
3: Ruby Crush. Really? You one called, one right? called Ruby Crush. Uh, okay. Because it's a smaller, smaller growing plant. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the dwarf cherry surprise or uh, BHN nine sixty eight is the next smallest cherry, but it's it's not uh, it's, it's a little bit larger than uh, Ruby Crush. Mhm. And Ruby Crush is a good yielder. Well, my that so that'd be the best one.
10: And you think it'll do okay in the water?
3: Oh yeah. They'll, they'll all do okay in the water
10: okay because well I don't know I've had I've had some bad luck too We've, we've tried to grow some and and uh, they failed. Uh, they'll put what? up the plant and then the plant will turn brown and die huh. and I was I was told it was because it was the water too much water and not enough uh, dirt.
3: Oh quit it. Don't go hey, back I, to that place again.
10: Okay. Yeah. Some some hydroponics. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say
3: that.
4: <laughs> I think most hydroponics there's no dirt. That's There's no dirt.
10: No, there's, there's no, no dirt. Yeah. There's no dirt, and I was told that was the reason they died.
1: Oh, jeez. So, in your experience, that's that's inaccurate. I'm trying to be like Calvin now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
10: You mean instead
1: of calling it like it is? Yeah. No, just 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 narrowing it down. Yeah, so there's no. I re-
3: would say that's inaccuracy. There uh, you go.
1: Okay, ninety-eight percent. So you're going to have to experiment. Why do you think the first ones died?
3: Uh, it's it's possible that they couldn't didn't get a steady supply of nutrients and water.
10: Okay. Well, some but some in the same place in the same thing live. So it's sort of, you know, it's hard to... What I'm trying to do is narrow down the right varieties to buy uh, that will grow well. And, uh, well, you know, I'm happy to give Ruby Crush a shot. We'll see how it goes.
4: Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, because there's... They're they're basically on the edge at all times if if you've got... uh, Oh, if you make an error in terms of uh, nutrients, or you there's some kind of a, a hesitation right. in terms of moisture, um, so so when they get they get the right formula, or they stick to it and they watch it.
3: So give well, give Ruby r- give Ruby Crush a, a try, and if something happens to it, it turns brown and dies, it's because you didn't have enough dirt in there. <laughs>
10: Well, I, I know I'm not going to have enough dirt. There isn't <laughs> <me>. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. We're going to start out with not enough dirt. <laughs> Are you, you,
6: hey,
1: so now you're from San Antonio, right, James?
10: I'm sorry, say again?
1: Are you from San Antonio? South.
10: Uh, well, actually, I grew up in Freeport, if you know where Freeport is. And I've Uh-oh. lived in San Antonio about, uh, going on 10 years.
1: Oh, well, I'm just wondering if there's like a hydroponic society, just like we have the, I don't the Xerophyte I know. and the. There used society. to be some places you could go. There yeah, Oh, do they really? You
10: no, know, I, uh, I don't know uh, if there is or not. I kind of live out in the boonies. Okay. About I was just curious. Out of town. We get those well, calls every boony, now and then. Kind
1: of yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll put a call out to the listeners. If you, uh, first off, if you've had experience growing tomatoes hydroponically. You can call us at 210-308-8867. three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven. That'll help James out. Maybe you can tell us the varieties. Uh, but if also um, if you know of a group or any club or anything that meets, that'd be kind of fun. Because I know people really like that. They like. I don't.
4: You. Yeah. Well, See, I, 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 don't I think with hydro- hydroponics, it's really technically. Yeah. I don't think the varieties make a big difference. No. And I don't. I think uh, really? residential or clubs or. Uh, hobby it's it's something you got to do like james's you got to run some trials you got to be okay. willing to adjust you got to watch it close but uh it's, it's, i'm sitting it's about a kind of, i usually not, sit
10: about six feet from it. <laughs> so i watch it pretty close but yeah
4: well what, if anybody can do it you can do it what have what have you grown
1: hydroponically
10: uh well we we grow a lot of uh herbs they, they, it's real easy to grow herbs but right. but i haven't had much luck with anything else huh. like everything else seems to die but i do it's fine to grow uh uh you know oregano and and herb uh, kind of basil that kind of stuff uh,
4: I, I always think of the the, the weight and the big plants or that's why that uh, it's with the ruby crush it's a good idea to start there because i think one of the most challenging things is to keep the the plants under control and the fruit from breaking off the plants and everything. Once your hydroponics gets going,
10: yeah, I've but, got a well, I got a good real good pair of scissors. <laughs> I think I think trimming them. is... You to,
4: does Disney World still have hydroponics? <clears throat> no, I don't know. The, yeah, they uh, used to be. he's yeah. asking if Disney World still have hydroponics or uh, yeah, the one in. Orlando, I thought, had a huge right. hydroponics operation.
1: All right, James, we'll see. Good luck, James. Yeah, we'll see if anybody calls us. Hopefully, they will. So, if you have a familiarity with hydroponics, so give us a call. We'll ask you some questions, and you can uh, educate us. Something beyond James has successfully done herbs, so we're looking for experiences beyond herbs. Did uh, Malcolm Malcolm had a small
4: Hydroponics effort, didn't he? Have, from time to well, time? Well, he had fish. Oh, okay.
1: And the idea is the fish fertilize the. Yeah. Okay.
3: Hmm. The fish fertilized the plants that he had in there. But he, he he didn't have a lot. All right, again, that number,
1: 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. Toll free, it's 866 308 Sixty-seven. So, uh, um, you yeah, know, we got a little rain last week. We did. Two inches plus in my neighborhood. Wow. Yeah. Altogether. I didn't get that much. Who could have seen that coming? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Oh, you uh, you got lucky again with your...
7: <laughs> <laughs>
1: lucky. Last now, I
4: don't know what the official... I think the official was about three-quarters...
1: You were an inch. talking trash. Oh, so it's gonna rain sometimes in the next two years if they're blooming today? Uh-huh. Yeah, Wednesday, boom. It rains. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, the facts are the facts. <laughs> I can't I can't, you know, deny that. They we said they might predict rain. They were blooming and boom it rains. I'm just putting I'm just putting the pieces together in this puzzle, you know? Gosh, did did you apologize? She
4: sound she sound very familiar.
1: Did you apologize to Judy for doubting her? Since she's like the other member of the Senisa Club. Uh, no, I <laughs> saved it all for you. <laughs> okay. You owe her an apology if you if you yeah. mocked her. Or, but it was it
4: was wonderful.
1: <laughs> yes, it was wonderful. It was so nice we got stuff. a
4: week now with ninety degree highs instead of a hundred degree highs. Right. So. And a great, a good rain, uh, cooled everything. Now everything greened up. Where we went, to, we were going to uh, Lake to do some uh, fishing and celebrate the Fourth, but we came back and all the, you know, the lawn had greened up and uh, all the weeds were back, yeah, straw. strong. My
3: you know, Kevin was right about that mowing dead grass.
1: You know. <laughs> yes. Because <It's> your <laughs>
3: my grass was brown and dead. Yeah. Now I need mowing. Mm.
1: That's amazing.
3: After <laughs> the rain,
1: just schedule the mowing, and then
3: the grass will grow.
1: <laughs> if you mow it, it'll grow. Oh, geez. Well, I was I was all ready to come to the show, and talk about the fact that throughout my neighborhood, you could see where people watered. And where it just didn't reach that one part of the yard. Oh, yeah. Because it was, the watering was a bright green, and then that was sort of this brownish green and dry, that one little corner or whatever. Uh
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. Next to the
1: sidewalk. And then the rain came and it ruined my conversation. So the... I'll have to save that for the oh, time. Oh, all
3: greened up there?
1: Eh? Yeah, everything all did of the, it. Yeah, for well, the most see, parts are green. I up. still see the
4: layers. Do you really? Yeah, like under no. the shade it's nice and green and then oh, no. outside there's uh, the brown uh, well,
1: our yard was a major example of that because just had the, this you know, the watering for you know our night but we didn't get everything and so it's green, 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 green. Dry. It's like oh that one little corner apparently did not get wet. But anyway, but but yes. So I'm glad the ceniza proved themselves. Uh, Some there are still people that will still doubt this evidence that is clearly exists. I don't know why people are like that. I don't either. No, but I just know what I know.
4: We had at least uh, two people this morning before the show started looking for citronella plants.
1: Yeah, some mosquitoes and citronella candles. I'm hoping that uh, Warren will come by. Speaking yeah. of mosquitoes, he's supposed to come by and I talk to us. I was going to ask them.
4: about that. We added the mosquitoes that to come back. With yeah, that with couple that. couple days rain. Like hey,
1: that. we gotta, we got to get Mike on the line because he's going to help us with our hydroponic, we hope, at 210-308-8867. Mike, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. you got some answers for us?
11: Yeah, the, the, the trick with the hydroponics on, on all of the plants is you don't want all of the roots submerged in, in the water. You want, you know, maybe about half if you want others exposed to air. So it's the same type thing you have in soil. If you get too much water in the soil, you're not getting getting that air exchange. So some of the roots need to be exposed above the water level to get that air exchange. And it, if he does that, he'll have it made.
4: Hmm. So how do you do that when you start? Do you just have, do you have to change the levels level of the water as it grows, or
11: yeah, the, it it, or? Dep- it depends on it depends on what the setup is. Usually, you'll have you know kind of a platform with holes and, and containers where you can adjust the height of the uh, of the seedling if you're starting from there or other plants. So you could either have like a a floating top. That that ra- that, that uh, raises and lowers with the level of the water, or you can oh, okay. you know mechanically you know adjust it, uh, uh-huh. you know so, so you that, get the right root level.
4: So that would be a relatively but, easy factor to test if you had a you know your small test using like yeah, the Ruby Crush tomatoes. Yeah, that, yeah, and that would be yeah, my be
11: good. My my experience has been you know start off with about about half above, half below. Uh, but before long, those the root system will go down into the water deep. But you still want to maintain some of above, above. And, uh-huh. and he should be fine then.
4: How did how did you deal with the uh, um, the plants getting large? I've seen the, some of the hydroponics where they've got them. You know, they go up and then they go all the way to, over a trellis, all the way down and back up again. Did you? It'll. Would
11: it'll you be, have plant? be. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that'd just be dependent on on your plant selection, like mm-hmm. what you guys were talking about going with the, the uh, determinant tomatoes, or if you're just you know going to grow lettuce and you know that type thing. So it'll it'll depend on you know what how big is your setup, and and then that's going to determine the type of plant you can put in.
4: How about how about uh, information on on the internet? The, the or is there. Um is there a group
1: here in town that meets, or is that what you're going to ask? No, I was going to ask oh.
4: about the internet or oh, okay. a, a handbook or something that he found useful.
11: I, I would. I have found a tremendous amount of information on um, uh, the internet, uh, impressively in uh, YouTube. You can you can find oh, tremendous wow, series on YouTube uh, on on doing all different types of hydroponic setups and techniques and so forth. So, yeah, tremendous amount of information there.
1: Sounds good, Mike. So, Mike, what do you grow? Have you grown tomatoes?
11: Yeah, yeah, have grown uh, tomatoes here in the San Antonio area. Uh,
1: Very cool. What varieties have you? kind of
11: fun. You know, I don't remember they were cherry tomatoes, so they were the permanent cherry, but I don't remember the exact type.
1: So, it's kind of funny when I was
11: when I first started into it. My daughter, I told her. My daughter called me to ask me what I was doing. I was, uh, told her I was out shopping for hydroponic parts, and she said, "Oh, Dad, you're not growing that stuff, are you?" <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: uh, goes goes herbs well, does it? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's right because, uh, thankfully, for your daughter and you. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, Mike, yeah. thank you for calling, man. Uh, okay, and if you, you got think here. Thanks, th- Mike. Uh, YouTube is a good resource for that it's a good idea I didn't think of that so all right 210 308 88 see I love our listeners because see, they, that, yeah, that is a they come that, through. That,
4: that, that's a key issue if that if that uh, that probably gives you a lot of uh, more flexibility and slack for other kind of issues you know that like the water flow and nutrient levels and, yeah you know. um,
1: I wouldn't say, I guess the roots don't dry out if they're above the water, or is that an issue? Or
3: no, it doesn't matter. Doesn't, doesn't matter.
1: matter. Cool. I well, see. There we go. Hmm, I wonder if I should try hydroponic gardening. Yeah, I'm no. Right. <laughs> please, please, no. <laughs> All right. Two one zero right. sixty seven. Two one zero. 308
4: your Senesa probably wouldn't respond to. No,
1: probably background. would not. But uh, anyway, now it's now the Sinisa's quiet and calm. Uh, not blooming. So, all right, 210-308-8867. Let's take a break and come back in just a moment. You're listening to Milberger's Gardening South Texas right here on 930 AM, The Answer. It's Milton Glick from Milburger's Landscape Nursery at 1604 M Bull Verde Road with your Texas Superstar lineup for this week at Millburgers. Our first Texas Superstar blooms from spring through fall with a profusion of sky blue flowers. It loves our hot summers. It's drought tolerant and butterflies love blue plumbago. Now on sale in the one gallon container for just four eighty eight. Are you looking for a Texas Superstar with extremely heat and drought tolerant, that attracts hummingbirds and butterflies, that has beautiful electric orange blooms? Then you must be looking for Mexican bird of paradise or pride of Barbados. Now on sale in the three-gallon container for just $19.88. Our next Texas Superstar is a plant of dual personalities. You'll enjoy its light blue and purple blooms all summer and its heavy yellow berries in the fall. And it's on sale at Millburgers in a deco pot. The 12-inch deco pot is on sale for just $16.88. You'll find these and all your favorite Texas superstars at Millburgers Landscape Nursery
9: 1604 on Verde Road. Thank you. The cat Homeowners, you know all too well. In San Antonio, we get damaging hail. That hail can wreck not only your roof, but other parts of your home. Did you know that your homeowner's insurance not only covers damage to your roof, but also damage to your deck or wooden fence? Barry Higgendorf of Deck and Patio Care at 822-9147 can help you reseal and repair that damage and make it look new again. And if you've already met your deductible because of other damage, there may be no additional cost to you. Barry Higgendorf at 822 of Deck and Patio Care has been helping homeowners improve the look of their decks, patios, fences and homes since 1985. And the incredible results speak for themselves. But check it out for yourself at deckandpatiocare.com You'll see miraculous transformations and read testimonials of happy customers. So if your deck, fence or patio is damaged by hail, call Deck and Patio Care right now at 822-9147 or go to deckandpatiocare.com
12: Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt, and nothing is simple in this life, except when it comes to selling your house or buying your next home in San Antonio in the hill country. Help You Sell, and Sergio Martinez has a better way to sell that house and save you thousands of dollars. It's the Help You Sell Low Set Fee program. Here's how it works. When you use Sergio Martinez and help you sell to buy or sell your next home, he won't charge you the standard 6% commission because it's simply not fair. For instance, the difference in commission between a $200,000 home and a $500,000 home is $18,000. Did the more expensive home get $18,000 more in service? Probably not. With help you sell, you get the same service. You keep more money in your pocket and you still get 100% of Sergio Martinez's 20 years plus of experience. Simple, right? Call Help You Sell and Sergio Martinez right now at 210-693-0305. That's 210-693-0305 or online at dot com for Help You Sell.
1: And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas on 930 a.m. The Answer. We're going to take a second to talk to you about furniture now. If you've been thinking about buying furniture, um... Steve Coben and the gang at Furniture Now. Two locations in San Antonio and kind of a third location because really this week uh, he wants to focus on the fact that their website is absolutely outstanding and you can buy the stuff online. So if you're looking for, oh, I don't know, bedroom furniture, dining room furniture, kids furniture, office furniture, outdoor furniture, uh, you get the idea, kitchen furniture, bedroom stuff, uh, they're going to have it at FurnitureNow.com. That's FurnitureNow.com. And one of the things they've instituted, one of the policies is this 100% hassle-free return. So if you buy it online, uh, there are some exceptions, like, for instance, mattresses, and and you want to call the store and get the details. But if you buy it online, let's say, uh, and for some reason it doesn't work, uh, maybe the color was just not exactly what you thought it was going to be. One of the biggest concerns is people are like, oh, well, that's going to be a restocking fee, or they're going to give me a hard time, or maybe I can't even return it. Nope. Not with Furniture Now. Uh, 100% hassle-free return. Uh, You know, like I said, there are some exclusions, but uh, just 14 days. uh, uh, You've got 14 days to decide. Uh, It needs to be in new condition. Uh, But, yeah, there's no restocking fee and no hassle. So go to FurnitureNow.com and uh, run around for a little while, and uh, you'll see lots of great stuff there. Uh, Terrific uh, brand names that you know and recognize and outstanding prices that will just... if you've been on the uh, kind of teetering on whether you should or shouldn't, these prices are probably going to put you over over the edge. And, and he's got his independent sale going on right now, uh, still this weekend. So uh, go on by FurnitureNow.com and check it out. There's some pretty stuff even as it just flashes across the screen. Some great couches, some bedrooms. So FurnitureNow.com or go by. There are two locations, uh, 410 in Evers and uh, Lookout Road and 1604 next to Burlington. All right, 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. You didn't mention the 100-year-old employees. I did not, um, but yes, they've been doing this for 100 years, <laughs> the Coben family. and uh, Not
3: necessarily the I'm same st- employee. I'm still
1: waiting for Steve to to call me and go, we had somebody come into our location on 1604 and wanted to see our 100-year-old employees. You know anything about that? <laughs> no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. uh. So uh, anyway, tell them you heard about the 100-year-old employees on, on the garden show.
4: Now, we talked about the uh, Purple
1: Martins, and Milton had the... Yeah. Uh, what do you call that, Milton? Live cam? The Purple Martin cam, which yeah. is... Uh, I'll have to give the address to uh, Al.
4: It's from uh, Pennsylvania, and those martins are. It looks like they're about half grown. They just uh, hatched last week. Yeah. Uh, but I was telling him that uh, the martins in my houses have uh, all fledged, and they're uh, they're still accumulating around there. I noticed out on the wire there was about 40, and so they're, they'll be locally in the. My neighbor said they were on the uh, his uh, television antenna up there, and but soon they'll they'll be uh, moving to other assembly
1: areas. Wow, and, they're huge. And the uh, compared to last week. Oh, they're hungry too. <laughs> they're hungry. Look at that little guy. And
4: so they. Oh no.
1: So uh, <laughs> I suspect
4: that. Uh, let us know if your Mar- if your Martins are in the kind of the same uh, situation. They're they'll come back to the houses. Uh, and just hang out a little bit, at the end, and then they'll go off to assembly point. It'll be less and less, you'll see them less and less, and then within a couple of weeks, they'll be uh, gone to the major assembly points and heading soon heading south.
1: If you want, I'm going to just tell you how to Google it so you can get to it. You want to go to Sportsman's Paradise uh, online, uh, and then also add in Purple Martin Nest Cam, or just Purple Martin Cam, and you'll see them in, gosh, yeah, from last Sunday. I think we started to see them hatch when they were all pink, and and uh, now they're uh, they're certainly twice the size and they're gray. So I guess is that a little uh, feather and fur coming on, or I guess feathers, huh? Uh, but yeah, I don't see Dad, just just Mama, and she's just sitting on them. When I'm hungry, it keeps opening its mouth, and it's really cool.
6: You'll yeah, like it. I promise. Yeah, they're it. always hungry.
1: Uh, hmm.
4: They'll soon be sticking their heads out the. The door. Yeah, yeah. Mama won't have to stay in there with them. Uh, All right. Because they'll be, they'll be fighting to get at the, the insects when when oh. the adults bring them in.
1: Very cool. All right, then she'll have empty nest syndrome. Oh. 210-308-8867. 210-308-88-67. I can also, if you like, uh, you can call Al at the station, and I'll, uh, I'll send him the link, and then. Um, He'll have it for you. But it's it's like, it's really long and complicated. Uh, it's much it can't easier. be that much complicated, you found out. Well, no, because I, I Googled it. Otherwise, it's com slash purple hyphen Martin hyphen nest hyphen cam slash. Would you recommend it i go uh, on to Google. There you go. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Good idea. Thank you, Calvin. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I oh, wonder what happened to the fourth egg. I don't see. I just see three babies. Okay. Never, the one that didn't hatch? Yeah. I guess it didn't hatch. Okay. Sorry. It's a circle of life. I know. I can't remember if they
4: push it out, if it's they've uh, made a decision it's not going to hatch, or, or if they just put materials over the top of it.
1: Oh, maybe they put materials over the top. Uh,
4: But but with all that activity, an an egg won't last long. All right,
1: again, 210 308 210 308 Dennis, thanks for finding this. Um, Dennis Dennis is is, a whiz. Dennis is a whiz. He's the one that found it. And if you go on the site, you can also enjoy – hang on, just then then we'll – We'll get back. Uh, you can. Oh, I don't see the other cams. There's Oh, here we go. The Decorah Eagle Cam. The parakeet nesting. <laughs> the the bluebird nest live cam. All right. Oh, the Romania brown bear cam.
3: Wait a minute. Yeah,
1: I need to. That's that's the one that's probably exciting. <laughs> Iowa deer cam. There was a Texas deer cam too. I don't know what happened to that. And uh, the the pier cam.
4: Denison stew. What's that?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. It was over by Jerry's place, and uh, now it's suddenly gone. What hmm. huh. What happened? All right, 210. They didn't like the part
3: where we were gutting it and dressing it out. But... <laughs> no, that's right. They,
1: they decided to take it off the Internet.
4: Yeah, yeah. maybe, well, like in, uh, when I went birding in New Guinea a few years ago, and we, if we, the group of us saw sloths... You know, we were just amazing. We couldn't. We had to pretend we didn't see them because the uh, local populations would go out there immediately and hunt them down, and they are so easy to catch because they were so <laughs> slow moving. And so yeah, you, all, you, you, you know, you're doing the signaling so that the, the, the local people that were watching or guides that were with you uh, uh, didn't didn't see them. That's maybe the same thing with deer in Texas. i mm. No, it can't be. My neighborhood's still loaded with deer.
1: Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. What's the signal for a sloth? Do you do like the three toe. You just kind of. Uh. <laughs>
4: Not nearly that fast, though. Oh, really? Just kind of. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Cool. Wow. Uh. I get it. That's that's. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Good job. All right. Two one zero three 210-308-8867.
3: Look, that guy's got some lower bushes. Yes, he does. It's got a bunch of them. You, you, you know how I know that Laura Bush petunia?
1: How? Yeah. Because only,
3: that's the only petunia on the place.
1: Oh, it's, it's blooming. Yeah, well.
3: <laughs> and it's blooming. violet. But anyway, I think think Neil missed the question.
4: Oh, no. I can't remember. What. I'm sure it's the same one I identified, but I can't remember what it was about.
3: About peaches said uh, oh, the. he got a question said what will cause these small holes in all my peach fruit
4: plum curculio. yeah
3: plum, plum curculio. it goes is inside the fruit and this person says a clear fluid forms beneath each hole then conceals into a clear mass now the hole could be caused by a bird or something uh, that is the actual hole. When I slice into the fruit, it appears to be fairly localized. What can I do to stop it? And he says it's a p- plum cuculio, and, uh, which is the word, you know, the famous when you're eating a peach and you find half a worm. Yeah. That's plum cuculio. But
4: the, the solution he presented was. Uh, it, it was a good one. I mean, yeah. you, you have to s- maintain a regular spray program from when they start dropping the petals, yeah. or you'll get something. Stink bugs are or, or more stink. usually, yeah, our problem is usually stink bugs yeah. rather than cuckoo.
3: Especially at this time of the yeah. year.
4: The stink I, uh,
3: bugs causes that uh, white sap.
4: And then uh, I've, sap. I've discovered a few peaches I didn't know I had because they're starting to color up on some of the uh-huh. some of the trees, like the Rio Grande, I believe. They. Uh-huh. And so a lot of folks may be out there, if you got good foliage, you may have some hidden peaches in there.
3: And they're good it's just uh, the longer you leave them on the tree the better the turn. Uh,
4: yeah, and then sometimes if there's just a few and the foliage is thick the uh, birds have lost interest in them. They're over there getting f- full of figs. <laughs> uh, figs and what else are they eating now? Um, I guess it's most mostly figs at this yeah. point. But uh, yeah, they're sure feasting now with this rain. Uh, a lot of those figs that weren't ripening, you might get some ripening under there. I could. I've got one that I have an irrigation on and of course that's been ripening all along and then i've got a couple of figs no irrigation and tiny and tiny little fruit uh and uh not very much of it gets ripe no. just like just like uh past years when when we go into drought you know, it stops ripening but uh
3: but uh anyway he had another question about uh Amaryllis, Uh, he got some from his aunt and tried growing them in the ground without uh, too much success, so he planted them in pots. They have bloomed each spring until the past two years. I know they need to be repotted, and uh, Nia goes into telling them how to repot, but uh, the key to Amaryllis, probably the reason they didn't bloom in the ground, is they have to have a, a dry dormancy period. So, uh, when you put them in the pot, it's certainly reason, easier
4: to do it in a pot, yeah,
3: because all you have to do is turn the pot over, put water in the pot, and uh they dry out for a couple of months, and then you can water them back in their bloom so uh, that's that's the reason, but now, my mother used to have them when she would get amaryllis for Christmas, she would uh put them out beside the house. And uh, they they didn't bloom profusely, but we didn't know at that time what the problem was. Kevin uh, got a good article on uh, cray myrtles, and he talks about all the different colors and uh, and uh, and the, the recommendations of, of that that we to talk about.
4: Then if you. Uh... Now, they they edited this out, but if you want to, I used, uh, Jerry worked with a bunch of experts, including Neil Sperry, and came up with a a set of recommendations, a favorite, uh, and uh, it's on plantanswers.com, easy to use. And so if you want to kind of graduate from that article to even more of recommended plants, go to plantanswers.com.
3: Yeah, under the uh, topic of the month. And it's the first topic of the month in red to the right of right of your page, right inside of the page, front page, and it says best crape myrtles by size, which are often available at Millburger Nursery. Uh, so, so you can you can actually do your shopping before. You, do your shopping before you uh, uh, come into the nursery.
4: And we make a a couple of points there. Get the color you want and the size you want for the site. that's important. And then the other thing that I really emphasize is that uh, get the resistance uh, to the powdery mildew. Because it'll just drive you crazy if you don't. Oh, yeah. And uh, the nursery, of course, Millburgers has it on their list, but the nursery should have a list that that, that tells you what the powdery uh, mildew resistance level is on, on the particular variety. All
6: right,
1: we're going to take a break. While we do, you give us a call at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. We've got more of Millburgers Gardening South Texas coming up live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 on Boulevardie Road on 930 a.m. This is The Answer.
0: We're back with Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 930
9: AM, The Answer.
0: And welcome back to
1: Milburgers Gardening South Texas on nine thirty AM The answer. Milton Glick along with Doctor Jerry Parsons and Doctor Calvin Finch and we're talking gardening with you here live at Milberger's Landscape Nursery at sixteen oh four M. Bull Verde Road. And we'd love for you to come by. Uh, before the show started, poor Calvin got uh, was answering questions right and left. He had a question on maples and Yeah. And, and his,
4: uh, I was discouraging them about maples and then Trace reminded me that there's at least three kinds of maples that you can um, can grow, and she had the woman I was talking to had a relative that has a maple, and uh, she didn't know what kind it was. She just wanted, but uh, we've got the uh, that Sh- shantoon. and then there's the uh, the one from the hill country, uh, big tooth, big tooth, and uh, then there was another another. Uh,
3: Name, Mexican,
4: yeah, it was kind of Mexican sugar maple. I've never heard of it, but anyway, there are those three varieties to choose from. But maples are generally not very successful here, they don't like alkaline soil and they don't like our hot nights, hot weather.
3: Yeah, I think, uh, wasn't Chantung a Texas superstar? I mean, look, I think, so, I think yeah. it was, yeah. I'm gonna look. Shandong maple. All right.
4: I Thank lost you. mine in the 2011. I had one planted. Uh,
3: you lost it?
4: it yeah. Froze? Drought. drought. Oh, drought.
6: Okay.
3: Kevin, you're supposed to water during the drought. Yeah. Well,
4: that's what they say.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you see see uh, a cute little Sharon? I mean. Uh, Guz, uh, Karen, Karen, Sharon, yeah, Karen. Guz on on Channel Four. I was watching the other that You talking about uh, talking about the uh, Phase Three, Stage Three water restriction? That uh, it'll be a while. We've never gone into Stage yeah.
4: Three. Yeah, and I don't think they will. But the, mayor, the mayor was the mayor's newsletter he sent out. Talked about the reasons we never we never have to go into three because yeah,
3: because of all the water uh, yeah. a, 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 the aquifer w- storage and recovery yeah w-
4: 160,000 acre feet in there now so yeah. it's a, it's basically a big well that was done while you were over there would not yeah but we used to debate whether what's the capacity do you think do you think it's as much as 70,000 acre feet and uh, and there are a few engineers that said man. It's way up there, way up there. And of course everybody else kinda of conservative. But now now they got one hundred and seventy thousand. The key is if you can put it in, you have to be able to get it out and it can't mess with uh, oh, people's well
6: uh-huh. levels
4: and all kinds of and it's turned out to be a really excellent uh, reserve
3: it should make the wells level go up shouldn't it
4: yeah it, cu- it, it could be yeah to F- maintain you put, them, but you F- don't want to we'll put water in there of course you don't want it, you don't want to lose the water and have uh, it go downstream you right. you don't, don't want to make the wells to go up so far that it makes them they, they don't function well in terms of the uh, in terms of the pumping and everything oh okay so, but, and Saws has been uh, watched that close and has been willing to adjust and uh, help folks figure out if they had, that are in the area, and so I think it's worked out pretty well. Yeah, it did. So and I'm going to tell uh, Karen, You well, we're going to, guess we'll squeal, squeal on Jerry and say, he called Karen a cute little, cute little Karen Guz, huh? Well, she is cute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. She's very, very she's a, she's a very competent and professional. Oh, so.
1: yeah. She did a good job with it. I don't know what he's saying. I don't either. Okay. 210-308-8867. 210-308-8867. Toll free. It's 866-308-8867.
3: I was looking at uh, Neil Spear's weekly newsletter, which I'm a subscriber
1: to. Oh, and Shantung Maple was is is a Texas superstar. Uh, Sorry, 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 didn't mean to interrupt you.
3: But uh, Neil realized he's he's talking about tomato transplants. He said it's almost a last chance for most of the state to plant tomato transplants. And, and that was this week. It's
4: not, let's see, not us, not South Texas. Yeah. Not Hill Houston. Hill Country. Yeah, you're right, not Houston either. And,
3: uh, but... Yeah, and, and the
4: East Texas, I think, is. has got some time. Look, 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 look. Yeah.
3: Got a hummingbird on porter, the red porterweed. And he's, he's not shy either, or she's not shy. There's bumblebees and honeybees over, over on the porter weed.
4: <laughs> there's a giant swallowtail getting yeah. some nectar and is going to, at some point, is going over there to <laughs> lay her eggs on the oh, citrus. Yeah, on the citrus, yeah. But
3: anyway, it, it's, it, it's, we're kind of we're in South Texas. We're coming into the tomato planting time. Uh, Rather than it being a last chance, so he talks about using small and mid-sized varieties. Well, what uh, the the variety the the uh, rodeo tomatoes are not small, except for the uh, Ruby Crush. And the BHN and and, and and the dwarf chair surprise, but uh, the dwarf chair surprise is nematode resistant and Tycoon is nematode resistant. So, uh, but I don't I don't think nematodes are, are that big a problem in the in the fall planting because they don't have really it's such a quick season. I don't think they have uh, time to really develop and damage the plant. But uh, anyway, uh, we're like I said, we we transplant tomatoes all the way up till uh, till August, especially some of the really.
4: uh, What what are we talking about? The uh, uh, the Roma Surprise, Roma Surprise, and Surefire. Are you gonna have Surefire too?
3: Yeah, yeah, cool.
4: A little later though.
3: No, it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be later than Roma
4: Surprise and uh we're so they could they can actually save a little space if you can get those two varieties in before the middle of august you probably got a great chance you'll harvest a crop because they're fast
3: and i expect all those people that called in and were pressuring me to do that roma surprise when we get plants i expect you to come over and get your roma surprise and, and surefire for Roma who yeah
4: because
3: <laughs> we went to a lot of trouble I had to drive all over San Antonio to get the seed and deliver the seed and so all, all this stuff just doesn't happen you know it takes takes a concerted effort but we're willing to do it for the for the customers mm-hmm and
1: uh, we need to start a seed saving club
3: yeah I, I want... I, I won't uh, People to, I think I think you you didn't have very good luck with Surefire last year. Did no, you? I didn't.
4: I and, didn't. And we're
3: gonna check that again yeah, this year. Yeah, because
4: it's one always been one of my favorite yeah,
3: varieties. Yeah, but if if we let, we may we've been saving the seed for years. We may have lost the the, yeah. the vigor of the plant.
4: And of course, what Jerry's saying though too, you you don't want to make that kind of decision too quickly because. Uh, if, oh, uh, well, last fall was not the greatest uh, crop year, um, no. but it might, you know, Surefire might just, just the combination of the weather conditions mm-hmm. didn't fit it right, and then yeah. next year, or
10: this year will.
3: But we're going to take it one more year, and if it, uh, and we'll probably put out a planting of uh, Surefire tomatoes, uh, maybe out over at the botanical garden. And then, then call them out. Only say the fruit of the large, of the largest. Only say the largest fruit uh, of Surefire. So we get our seed source if he, uh, cleaned up. Back. I think
4: most gardeners that listen to the show remember that that Surefire is uh, tennis, tennis ball, ball? size, tennis yeah, ball, yeah, and fast. Yeah, it's a pretty much determinant and and uh, gets down to business setting the fruit all at once too yeah. so that it beats the freezes
3: but nothing it, it's not nearly as productive and fast as Roma surprise is oh yeah but we're running out of seed of that I, I mean the, the the original seed is we may got we may have one more planting of, of the original I seed. I like the
4: taste of uh, s-
3: Roma. Uh, no, the, the surefire,
4: uh, the surefire, better than Roma. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah it's it, it, uh, it's it's good for aroma, but it's uh it's not as good as surefire. Uh, and surefire was the original. Surefire used to be sold as a processing tomato. And uh, interesting, the uh, the seed person that introduced me to surefire. Uh, it was a GS G- had a GS number on it said that the reason he he wanted me to try this was because it produces a lot of fruit and it's early and when, when the when the seed company was out evaluating the uh, the lines, that's the one that all the uh, the uh, seed people would go to to eat the fruit now. Oh. So the fruit, the fruit is very good for a processing tomato. was very good. It still is, I guess. Anyway, um, and we talked about crepe myrtles, and uh, like I said, Calvin's a great article about them. And, uh, and uh, he, Leo says, choose the colors you like, but be sure their mature heights fit the space you have for them. Because uh, you don't want to be uh, you don't want to be cut, uh, cutting them back all the time.
4: Yeah, it becomes a burden if your crepe myrtles grow fast and if they're like the site they're in, they'll uh, get to their favorite height pretty quickly. And then you, then you have to keep cutting them back, you may as well have one that's the same color and the right size. Yeah, because they're they're, they're available. And we, we keep talking about trimming off seed
3: heads and spent flower stalks uh, off in the spring and, and for early summer and, and early summer perennials because you, uh, you, want, you want to cause them to rebloom once they make seed pot like, uh, for instance, on Vitex. Uh, vitex is beautiful this year, this year, as good as it's ever been and uh but now it's full of seed pods those are not buds that you're seeing up there or will open to be flowers those are seed pods and so if you want the thing to rebloom in 30 days or or a little bit more uh cut all those seed pods off if you can reach them of course the problem with Vitex is it gets into a tree if you don't cut it back every year, and no, nobody's cutting it back every. They won't cut it back. To cut is to kill, is what they believe. Uh, and uh, Neil says mow Mo lawn at recommended height, raising height does not improve its summer durability. Uh, I I don't know about that. Uh, Like I said, when I let my yard go dry, I leave it high. Uh, I leave it a little bit high. It needs a mowing uh, that high. And uh, it comes right back uh, after a period of drought, after after it turns brown. Yeah.
4: I just leave mine the same height.
3: Yeah, yeah. But
4: do you mow it when it's dry? I actually do because I've got uh, weeds in there. Yeah, okay. And if you get a you know, if you get an occasional rain like we just did, now the there will be weeds germinating because I've got lots of shady spots and shallow soil and some compacted soil, so you've got quite a variation of uh growing conditions. Now our I guess our uh, horse, horse herb won't if it keeps raining, we we'll, may come back.
3: But uh, yeah, it's it's dry now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was looking at mine my my little. Day.
4: Uh, I've let some uh, frog fruit grow. Another, I you know. Compared to horse, or frog fruit is much more much more attractive. <laughs> Wait a um, minute! Mean, but uh, that's blasphemous. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, both of them, uh, <laughs> both of them are uh, great wildlife plants
1: too. For. Yeah. Butterflies and the deer like horser. 210 308 8867. 210 308 8867. And toll free, it's 866 Have we got lines open? Yeah, well, currently, we have a line open. So we, we have you get, a line you open. Can get right through if you call right now at 210 308
3: 8867. Talking about uh, yellowing, yellowing lawns. Mine's brown. It's not yellow. <laughs> uh, with the, and if the yellow lawn has a look at look at the the leaves or the blades, I guess you would call it on the grass. And uh, there, there's a, a fungus disease that can cause yellowing of of lawn, of the lawn at this time of year, especially if you're watering a lot. Called gray mole. I think it's called gray mole. But anyway, uh, and, and and what you'll see on the on the on the uh, blades of the grass are uh, darkened spots, are uh, diseased spots on the on the green blades of grass, and that then it then it turns yellow around the the darkened spot. And uh, that that needs to be treated with a with a uh, fungicide, uh, probably f, f the one called F stop, little little F, and then, I mean uh, lowercase F, and then S T O P is in capital letters F stop. But uh, that's if you have fungus on the on the blades, on the uh, ba- blades of the grass. But if you just have uh, yellowing, uh, iron deficient plant, uh, use uh, Iron Plus.
1: Paulina is on the line at two one zero three zero eight. She got
3: that open line.
1: And she got it. Congratulations, Paulina. Uh, 210-308-8867. How's it going?
8: Pretty good, pretty good. Good. Um, I I want to know um, how can I store the seed for, of the agave flower. What? My so
4: agave store is Store the
3: seed of agave flower.
4: Agave.
13: Agave.
4: They're thinking. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can you can hear the I'll, wheels grinding. Uh, which which one is it? Is it a big great big one or?
8: Yes, the large uh, the Americana
4: the century yeah. plant. I guess I guess you I guess you could. I don't think that. Yeah, I'd I never have propagated yeah. them from seed. Generally, don't gen, they just take the uh pops. S- s- Yeah, the yeah. pops off of them. Much easier than the seed. But I would think that the the seed are relatively easy to grow.
12: Okay, well I guess I'll
4: have to try them. Uh, just put them in a yeah, just put them in a paper sack and. Uh, yeah, if you got yeah, an air conditioned room. That's yeah. great, but even even when, uh, they'll they'll probably store for several years in a just a shed.
8: Okay, sounds good.
12: Thank you. Okay, good luck. All
1: right, well, that'll free up a line at two one zero three zero eight eighty eight sixty seven two one zero. 308 67 We're going to take a break and come back in just a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, live from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. Back in a moment on 930 AM, The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Milburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 M. Bull Road with your Texas Superstar lineup for this week at Milburgers. Our first Texas Superstar blooms from spring through fall with a profusion of sky blue flowers. It loves our hot summers. It's drought tolerant and butterflies love blue plumbago. Now on sale in the one gallon container for just four eighty eight. Are you looking for a Texas Superstar that's extremely heat and drought tolerant, that attracts hummingbirds and butterflies, that has beautiful electric orange blooms? Then you must be looking for Mexican bird of paradise or pride of Barbados now on sale in the three gallon container for just $19.88 our next Texas superstar is a plant of dual personalities you'll enjoy its light blue and purple blooms all summer and its heavy yellow berries in the fall and it's on sale at Millburgers in a deco pot the 12 inch deco pot is on sale for just sixteen you'll find these and all your favorite Texas superstars at Millburgers Landscape Nursery 1604 and Boulevard.
14: President Trump says he will announce on Monday his selection to succeed Anthony Kennedy as an associate justice on the Supreme Court. He says he will pick from a list of 25 conservatives supplied by the Heritage Foundation. The left has vowed to use every means at its disposal to stop the nominee, whoever it is. They're lobbying two female pro-abortion senators, Collins of Maine and Murkowski of Alaska, not to vote for anyone they think will overturn Roe v. Wade and same-sex marriage. My view, which is shared by some other conservatives, is that neither ruling will be touched. There are several reasons, but one is the culture. Abortion and same-sex marriage are not the cause of our decadence, but a reflection of it. A nation in which so many have forgotten God is not a nation about to be persuaded by judges and laws. Righteousness exalts nations, but sin is a reproach to any people. We're being reproached the way back is revival, and those only come through concerts of prayer.
8: Since 1901, the Children's Shelter has provided a safe haven for children and families impacted by abuse, neglect, and or abandonment. The Children's Shelter treatment foster care program, Fosters Hope. For information on how you can foster a child or youth, visit our website at childrenshelter.org. That's childrenshelter.org or call 212-212-2590. That's two one zero two one two two five nine zero. 212 2590
13: Hey, this is Bob Olszewski. Thanks for listening to Plugged In.
0: You go low, I go
8: high. I have wings. Why would I go low? The movie Ant-Man and
13: the Wasp flies back into the life of Scott Lang, also known as Ant-Man. He joins forces with Hope Van Dyne, also known as the Wasp, to take on a quantum-level mystery. But for a few small mandible nips, this superhero sequel is almost perfect. It has a really nice balance of action, fun, and sweet messages about family. The one little uh, wasp in the ointment is the movie's rough language. It's what you'd find in a typical superhero pick, but it's an ant at a picnic annoyance nonetheless. I'll give Ant-Man and the Wasp three and a half quantum tunnel leaps out of five for family friendliness. For the full review, be sure to check out pluggedin.com slash radio.
14: Plugging you into the movies, I'm Bob Olaszewski for Focus on the Family's Plugged In Movie Review.
1: And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening, South Texas, on 930 a.m. The answer, Milton Glick, along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. You can call us at 210-308-8867, 210-308-8867. Hey, uh, the rain may bring out some more bugs, especially mosquitoes, so if you're looking to get rid of them, uh, Spider-Man Pest Control is your answer, and uh, uh, mosquitoes, we're hoping to have Spider-Man come in, because he's got a new system that he's promoting, Uh, it's what they use at Disney World, and he's been really successful with it, his customers love it, Uh, it just sits in your yard, and it's little stations uh, that the mosquitoes fly into, and I'm, I'm, when we get them on, he'll explain it, but how I understand it is basically they fly into it, they lay their eggs, the eggs are sterilized, and the, the, the what is ever in the water that they lay their eggs on, they take out and spread around a little bit on plants and such, and then that kills both them and then the other mosquitoes as well. So uh, it seems to be a good system. He'll probably tell us I am entirely wrong. So what I suggest you do is if you're interested in a, a way to get rid of mosquitoes that doesn't involve spraying or anything like that, you call Spider-Man and leave a message right now, and they'll call you back on Monday. That's 210 656 210 656 or go to Spiderman. Uh, his website at GoSpiderManPest.com. GoSpiderManPest.com. All right, let's uh, get back. I like
3: your explanation about getting it on their feet. The little feet Then they walked on the other mosquitoes. They,
1: they, no, they don't do that. <laughs> they, they walk on other things that the
4: mosquitoes Walking walk on. in. Walking footsteps. There, that's There you go. and yeah. you get taken out.
3: That's like bees pair uh the bees spreading around fire blight.
1: Oh wow! They're going from bloom to bloom, huh? So it sounds very and, similar. And they
3: get their get the disease. The, uh, the uh, I guess it's a fungus, fire blight, or uh-huh. bacteria. Yeah, it's a bacteria. I think it's a bacteria. Yeah.
1: Anyway, two one zero three zero eight. He'll explain it to us. Two one zero three zero eight eighty eight. You keep saying that, Melton. I know he was supposed to come on, but um, I know he's busy on the weekend, so it's hard to pin him down.
3: Got a question. Uh, what would cause a pear tree to go from healthy to completely brown uh, in less than one week? It is four years old and has not borne any fruit yet. Not had any fruit yet uh, okay. anything that kills within kills a tree within uh twenty four to forty eight hours has to be a uh, cotton root rot now there's R-R-A a root rot
4: there's other uh root rots too they they're not quite as quick but they're um they're they, they're the pretty sus- apple trees and right. pear trees are pretty susceptible right. to root rots in our soil, especially. Right. I've had the same problem trying to keep apple trees and pears alive, peaches and the uh, citrus, planting in the same kind of uh, raised bed and just keep cruising along, but not not yeah, apple you trees. Would th-
3: you would think it would bother peaches quicker than. I think citrus is a little bit tougher. Yeah. We've got a, I think we've got a a table on uh, plantanswers.com under, it being the diseases that it rates the different trees to cotton root rot susceptibility. But, uh, it's, it's very unforgiving as to, as to what it'll, what it'll kill. And, uh, the sad thing about it is, it seems that when the it kills the plants, mainly well, well, fruiting plants, when they come into fruit, when they get a heavy fruit load, like apples, that's what wiped the apple industry out was cotton root rot. And uh, they, everybody would always say, well, you know, we beat it this year. They use the sulfur and all sorts yeah. to try to remedy to try to remedy it. And, uh they would they would talk about how they how they beat it until the thing started producing apples and so they had a fruit load, which stretches the plant now and I find it it, it, killed,
4: uh, it killed them out in my landscape i that's why I suspect it's not mine is not cotton root rot but um, because I've got that r- rose bed, I've got, and then I've got oh Lord, tough roses, you know, round, around the landscape, and I never seem to lose a, ro- or a rose to a root rot or to cotton root rot. And you think of roses as being very susceptible. Oh yeah. But uh, the uh, apple, in fact, I have no apple trees and no pear trees left. I've got plums and uh, peaches, and then of course lots of citrus. Uh, so all of them seem to be less susceptible to it and not, not affecting Now, peaches there's lots of things that can yeah get peaches by bacterial uh, leaf, spot. leaf spot and uh, the the canker cankers canker is the one that traditionally has been a problem yeah um, but uh, a lot of that, a lot of that peach situation though too if you have a raised bed And then I've become determined now. If you uh, that I haven't been generous enough watering in the summertime because uh, my trees look really good this year, and I have that I improved the the drip irrigation system, put more water down, and uh, I'm convinced that that makes a big difference.
1: Jane, John is on the line at 210 308 210 308 John, welcome to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. How are you doing today?
13: Doing quite well. How about y'all?
1: Good. What's going on?
13: Okay, I've got uh, two questions. Uh, I have a crepe myrtle in my front yard that's probably about uh, 30 years old. And I had last year I had some plumbers that had to do some trenching out in the yard. Well, now I've got a little bitty baby crepe myrtle that's coming up about three (laughs) feet from the trunk. And I I know that I probably shouldn't use the cut vine and stump because it's connected to the, assuming that's the same theory like with the oak trees where y'all say don't don't put it on those little things that come up because it's attached to the root. Right. So what do I do with, I mean, other than, I don't know if it's even too close. I mean, it's pretty little, it's got a whole bunch of little shoots that are coming up. About three feet from the main trunk. I don't know if I should just decide I want another crepe myrtle, or how do you get rid of them if you want to get rid of them?
3: Is is it a single trunk crepe myrtle?
13: No. Yeah. Well, no. The other one has probably about four or five.
3: Okay. Okay. This one has a whole
13: bunch of them. Yeah. It's it's real pretty. I mean, it's real green and reddish kind of on. It's beautiful little volunteer.
4: It, and uh, you you know for sure it's a seedling. You don't. So. No, no.
13: It, 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 I, they cut through the root when they when they trenched in the front yard, and so it's coming off of one of the roots. I'm I'm quite sure. Yeah.
3: I don't think I would use cut vines. No.
4: But I I think they're they're less of a. I think you may be able to, if you can dig you maybe able to just dig it dig, dig it up, up and you won't have it. With a sharp shovel. Yeah. It's oh, okay. not, because they're not as persistent as old, uh, but I'm not. I'm not have
13: the same problem again. Maybe, yeah.
3: <laughs> <But> <laughs> I just keep digging it out with a sharp shovel. But I,
4: but you you may not either because I've I'm kind of faced with that situation and I had pomegranates and crepe myrtles in an area and. Uh, the I didn't. The suckers did not come back with the grape myrtles, but the pomegranates came back. So I think there's a good chance that if you do that, you'll uh, not be faced with it again. Or you maybe if you do it twice, you'll you'll get it under control. It will quit coming up. Would it look weird? If nothing.
13: I left it there. It's like three feet from the trunk of the main bunch. Is what? it a, a real tall one? Yeah, the other one is probably thirty feet tall. Oh yeah, gosh, yeah, that would look weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay,
4: uh, is, it is it a ball? Is it a fashion? Party pink?
13: You know, I have no idea. It was there. Uh, they planted them right before I bought this house thirty years ago. So now, if it was in
4: in a hedge
13: or in the yeah, it's right out in the yard. Okay, and here, yeah, so here's
4: the my... the the longer you leave it there, the harder it will be to control.
13: Yeah, I'll just it's, the grass isn't there anyway because they destroyed the grass when they trenched it. So I'm not going to be doing anything worse by digging it out now before I put grass. No, back
3: in. no, no, it won't hurt anything.
13: Okay, so here's my second question. I've got a wonderful pomegranate that's probably going on 10 years old, and it's really big. It's 25 or 30 feet tall, and it makes beautiful pomegranates every year. And they're always they never turn like deep red. Like you know, normal pomegranate. They're always kind of a pale colored, and they're very tart. And I'm trying to figure out if I'm not fertilizing enough, watering enough. I mean, what? it doesn't that's make sense. The, cause
3: that's that's the variety. Some some of them don't turn red, and uh, or some, some of them turn yellow. Yeah.
13: yeah
4: and is, yellow. It, is it so, a de- dependable producer?
13: Every yeah. It, After the first few years, the blooms got blown off. Now every year I get, I mean, it's it's pretty much loaded. And there's only one time that I actually got one that was red, and I I had overlooked it. The birds had eaten on it, and that one had red seeds in it.
3: Yeah, yeah, right. And
13: I've never known some a guy that I know uh, from Mexico said they would they would harvest them when the outside of the fruit started cracking. But I, if I wait till then, then there's all kind of black stuff that's inside the
3: yeah yeah yeah.
13: I don't the know. Squirrels. I mean, I'm gonna, I mean that, it's not going to uh, be edible. Uh, I'm going to take three out because it's taking up a bunch of space. But it's just kind of disappointing. I've tried to eat it, but it's just so tart. Yeah, you
4: may well, have that's to. A,
3: that's a pomegranate. I mean, <laughs> uh,
4: no, that may be one of the varieties that you you, you use for cooking. Because there's a whole lot, there's a lot of different varieties with different tastes, different colors. I imagine that's uh, wonderful that he's think so. Yeah, although he's harvesting early. Yeah, although it keeps coming back every year. I mean, fruit every year, which is unusual for a wonderful.
3: Right.
13: Unless somebody lied.
3: (laughs) Well, what did they say it was wonderful?
13: It had the, yeah, it was labeled as wonderful, but you know, sometimes oh. you buy this stuff and by the time you figure out that, hey, this isn't what the tag said, it's like a big, huge tree.
3: No, nine times out of ten, uh, it is, it's wonderful. Because okay, that's, so that's the, that's the most, most widely sold one.
13: Yeah, that's what was recommended for Santa and was wonderful. Right. I hear. It. Right.
3: Yeah. But as far as, far as taste is concerned, uh, like I said, you you may not let be letting it go ahead to uh, full ripeness.
10: No, not but it, go
3: <laughs> Wonderful is not a super sweet pomegranate anyway.
13: The ones that like you buy in the store that are like deep red. Right. What's the variety of that? Uh, I thought all
1: those were wonderful. He's thinking.
3: Yeah, I, there, there are so many varieties of <laughs> pomegranates uh, uh, that
4: uh, It wasn't too long ago, though that the most likely to be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. But now they're okay, If
3: it's, if, if, if it's wow. an old, if it's an old pomegranate, it's wonderful.
13: Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I mean that's what it was labeled as, and that's why I bought it. Cause it's, okay. There weren't really even that many available because that was the only one that. Supposedly worked right. in San Antonio. Right. So my, right. My main concern was I wasn't either watering or fertilizing enough. So it sounds like it's just the nature of that particular variety and not.
4: There you go. Yeah, okay. you're do, you You must be doing a wonderful job of watering and Whoa. fertilizing because you get you, you get that much production. Every yeah, year. you're lucky
3: to get that much fruit.
4: Yeah. So wonderful. Just maybe. Yeah. Just experiment with a little. See if you can wait a little longer. But then, of course, then you're faced with the the
13: black.
3: Yeah, but yeah, what I'm saying is, like,
13: I've pulled them at various stages. You know, when they're intact, when they're—I mean, October. I mean, it's—and I can't seem to get anything different. So, I guess it's just the tree, and I have to decide if I want to keep it. Like, I've I've got a a dwarf of Braeburn out there too, and uh, next to another uh, uh, apple tree. So they're compatible with each other. I get fruit on them, but they never get very big, and I'm trying to figure out, do I need to give more water and fertilizer to them? Is that why they're not getting like and really what's big? The,
3: what's the variety?
13: Uh, one of them is a dwarf Braburn, and the other one is like a, uh, it's one of those Asian, not, not a, I can't remember what the, you can buy them in the yeah. store.
3: Yeah, yeah.
13: But, they're, but it's compatible. When I bought them, it was on the list of being a compatible blooming at the same time, and I get fruit on both of them but I don't get really big apples like some people. Uh, how, how,
3: how much fruit do you get? Do you get a lot of fruit? or?
13: Well, this year is the first year I pick. Every single one of those dang little you know, uh, buds off except for one at the terminal okay. end. I've been leaving, leaving them on there, so that may be part, part of the problem. Yeah,
3: the, the more fruit you leave on, the smaller the fruit that you,
4: that you have is going to be. I'm just amazed, though, that you're getting that kind of production. What,
13: what kind of soil,
4: of, or what what part of town are you in?
13: Uh, kind of over near Jerry in the Great Northwest area.
4: Oh yeah, wow.
13: But uh, yeah, rocks. I, uh, I've
4: kind of uh, rocks.
13: Yeah. Well, I've got a microclimate uh, in that area where they're at because I've also got a Meyer lemon that's actually in the ground that has survived sixteen degree. Oh I mean, my it's, goodness! It's probably about eight eight years old, and I get fruit on it. Uh, if I fertilize it a lot, but it's never frozen to the ground. Even it just, gets a little freeze back on the tips. So there's a pool. that I, mean, I think the moisture might kind of create like a little microclimate or something.
3: Yeah, it could be.
13: But it it does uh, well over there.
3: Yeah, okay, that's so that, just... that's good on the Asian pears so more... and also good on the uh, pomegranates.
13: Yeah, and I've got a Shinseki pear tree. When I bought it, it said that it was self-pollinating. You know that you didn't need a second pair, but it's now about seven or eight years old, and I haven't gotten one pair off of it. So I don't know. Yeah, you
3: you you, usually you think of pears as as pretty self fruitful Uh, Well, you got other pear trees there around, Uh, don't you?
13: That's the only one. I don't know of any neighbors that have one. Okay. So I don't even get any blooms on it. Oh, you don't needs- get
4: blooms on it? uh
13: uh-uh. Maybe it needs more fertilizer, too.
4: How, how many years has that been in?
13: Probably about seven. It's oh, pretty wow. big. I mean, it's probably yeah. about 15 feet tall at least.
3: And doesn't bloom. That's weird.
4: Mm-hmm. I went. I had a warren for about 11 years, never blooming. Then finally it got, got a root rot. Oh. But uh, <laughs> it was, uh, you know... It, it didn't bloom
3: after that, either. No. no. <laughs> I
4: read I read about uh, but you should, you you know, should war and, trim and it how wonderful because... the fruit was and everything, and never, I never saw a boom on the thing. But, okay. Uh, yeah, and, and it's surprising because in East Texas, pears were, you know, kefirs and orients, and pears were very easy, and you'd get bushels of, of fruit. Mm-hmm. Here it's one of the tougher things to grow. Okay you're doing you're you're doing yeah you're doing whatever you're doing you're doing a lot of it right because you you do get a lot of fruit just give give your uh, pear tree a little longer and see what happens
13: and apples need a lot of water i guess deep watering apples yeah yeah
4: yeah well f- yeah fair if they got fruit especially yeah
13: twice a week or something like just because i yeah. was it y'all that were talking about putting the hose out and turn it real low and let it go all night we
3: well have. if you do
4: that yeah you could probably get by on once a week but yeah if you i use a little a drip and go for if you go for a couple hours or twice a week uh, that's that seems to be
13: do work pretty okay. well yeah okay all righty okay Appreciate good it. luck
1: to you okay, thank thanks. you for calling all right, two one zero three 210-308-8867. Oh, got a question from the crowd. Can we ask your question on the air? Can we get? You, can we ask it on the air? It's. It's here you go. Grab the mic. You'll be on the air. These guys will be able to help you.
6: Hi uh, there. We just wanted to see what this um, bark looks like. Um, Root what? But I'm not sure. Hang on just a second. So that what
1: uh,
3: did? What does the top look like? What does the tree look like? I mean, is it alive? Is it? It's alive, it's an oak
6: live oak.
9: Uh, just
1: took the picture Oh yeah. There you go, Jerry. I'll pass this over to you.
4: Good uh, What dead. what kind of tree is it, do you know? And talk in no. the mic, just for a sec so they can hear you. Talk in the
6: mic so okay. they can Live oak. Uh-huh. Did somebody run into it? With a no. machine? No, it's just Took, took off the bark and there it is. And there were little, kind of a little ants in there.
4: Yeah, the ants are yeah, secondary. They're, yeah. yeah, they're secondary. Um, okay. Now, it's a, it's a live oak. Hmm.
6: Yeah, you got a whole bunch of them. But well,
3: yeah. they're not all doing that. that. That's just one tree that's doing that, right?
6: Right.
4: Uh, um, now, the, it got damaged some way. Yeah. Now, the soil. Was was Phil ever brought in there? The soil looks like it's pretty high on the trunk.
6: Uh, no, but but it is. Uh, the water runs kind of like downhill, and this is down mm. on the bottom of that little hill. And, yeah. Uh, there is one other that has starting signs of this, and I'm not sure if it's just too much water. Yeah. Is there something I can...
4: Well... Usually not too much water, but the, the, what I was looking at here is that there's no there's no uh, root action like this, mm-hmm. which quite often indicates that there was fill dirt brought in here, and then yes. then you can have a that uh, dieback like that.
6: There there was dirt, but not I mean and, oops not not very high, just a couple of inches.
4: Yeah, well, that sometimes they will do it if the moisture. Uh uh-huh. um, So, I would probably, I would probably dig around there and do a little exploring, and now also that one of uh, the other one you're seeing, mm-hmm. see if see if that because that that can be a problem. Now, live oaks are are not overly susceptible okay. to okay. it, but. Uh, other other Oaks would be a problem but uh, not really much you can do uh, other than move the soil away from the okay the trunk
6: is there something there's nothing I can put on the soil to make it dry it up faster
4: no just
6: even if you just took
4: uh, you took it down two inches or three inches to where you get you know the the tree roots uh, generally they you're, you're showing like this trunk right and the, but basically the trunk has these should have these roots going on would let take-
1: let's do this y'all keep answering that we got to take a quick break so don't go anywhere 210 308 8867 is our number Lloyd you're up next after this on Millburger's gardening South Texas on the answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 M Bull Verde Road. With your Texas superstar lineup for this week at Millburgers, our first Texas superstar blooms from spring through fall with a profusion of sky blue flowers. It loves our hot summers. It's drought tolerant and butterflies love blue plumbago. Now on sale in the one gallon container for just four eighty eight. Are you looking for a Texas superstar with extremely heat and drought tolerant, that attracts hummingbirds and butterflies, that has beautiful electric orange blooms? Then you must be looking for Mexican bird of paradise or pride of Barbados, now on sale in the three-gallon container for just $19.88. Our next Texas superstar is a plant of dual personalities. You'll enjoy its light blue and purple blooms all summer and its heavy yellow berries in the fall. And it's on sale at Millburgers in a deco pot, the 12-inch deco pot. It's on sale for just $16.88. You'll find these and all your favorite Texas superstars at Millburgers Landscape Nursery, 1604 on Verde Road.
8: Take a moment and rate your lifestyle on a scale of one to ten. One is a life that's nothing like the life you were promised after getting good grades, a college degree, and a good job in corporate America. Ten is the life of your dreams. If you answered anything less than a ten, tune into the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell, self-made millionaire and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, will show you how to live the life of your dreams and pay for it with passive income.
12: Tune in to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show weeknights at nine on nine thirty a.m. The answer. Sir.
5: This is Mark Sadaski from Mark Sadaski Jewelers. I want to talk to you about family, cherished memories, and history. Look in your dresser drawer and you'll find a ring that was grandma's, a stick pin that was grandpa's, a necklace that was mother's. These are cherished pieces that bring back memories and love. The problem is they don't fit into your wardrobe and lifestyle. That's where we come in. At Mark Sadaski Jewelers, we can use the gems from your family's history and transform them into a piece of jewelry that does fit your wardrobe and lifestyle. You can then enjoy telling your friends and family that this ring has mother's diamond grandpa's ruby but it was made for me mark sadasky jewelers takes pride in redesigning your family treasures and memories into something that's made for you and the best part is you contribute the ideas that will make it yours mark sadasky jewelers a family tradition since 1933 that's 85 years call us at 210-377-1818 that's 210-377-1818
14: Morning, Riff. Morning, Raff. Can you believe we've been clocking in this place for a whole week now? Tell me about it. Work, work, work. What a squirrel must do, what a squirrel must do, right? (laughs) Yes, quite. But I cannot labor and exert energy within these subpar conditions. How is a squirrel supposed to run around, chew on stuff, and make acorn tea in this attic when all those humans are down there making absurd amounts of noise? It's preposterous. Don't you mean nuts? (laughs) (laughs) Look down there. Who is the missus talking to at the door? No, it's that chap that closed down our previous operation.
0: Crittery
5: Critterie Victor! Victor. Crittery Victor excels at all types of rodent removal, because that's all they do. Unlike pest control companies, Crittery Victor specializes in humane animal control and exclusion, which means your unwanted critters ain't getting back in. So whether you have possums, rats, mice, skunks... Cheerio, Raph, and I don't mean honey nut. And yes, even squirrels. Call Crittery Victor at 210-906-8910 for your home or office. 906
0: There's no question, the time between now and the November election is going to get a little crazy. No, a lot crazy. Accusing the president of being a liar is now a daily occurrence in the mainstream media. Now, they have a new name. They call our president a cult leader. Yeah, that means they think the president is leading a bunch of mind-numbed zombies who can't think for themselves. Hey, earth to mainstream media. These zombies know exactly what they're doing. These zombies are saving this country. Keep it here to find out how. 9.30 a.m., the answer.
1: And welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM. The answer, let's go right to the phone lines now at 210-308-8867. Lloyd is on the line. Lloyd, welcome to the show. How are you doing today?
10: Doing fine. Uh, just wondering if uh, this would be the right time of year
2: to fertilize uh, Craig myrtle.
3: I don't think so. I think I think we do that with fertilizers and crepe myrtle. Well,
2: if you're, I, if you're trying to get more blooms or, or better color in it, you could give it a higher phosphorus. Like uh, the carpool crepe myrtle food is a water-soluble that you would do every two weeks. And there is a NutriStar one, which is a slow-release. Uh, that would be fine to do now. The, I think traditionally we use uh, slow-release on fertilizer and late
4: March first, right to get them to leaf back out
2: faster and and pretty. They're to slow ripen. to come out, yeah. but if if you're trying to affect the amount of blooms or the color of the blooms, I uh, would definitely go with that crepe myrtle food.
10: Yeah, I was trying to you know affect it for next year. The Natchez crape myrtle and the blooms are pretty much done for this year. But I was uh, trying to do if,
2: if you could, if you can get in there and cut out those seed pods, then you'll <laughs> get a whole other wave of blooms this year. Right. Okay. And it was,
10: uh, we don't. Need, I don't need to fertilize to to get more bloom. Just cut the seed pods out, and I do
2: it. It never hurts to fertilize them, uh, but the seed pod removal will expedite the process. Okay. Yeah, n- Natchez is pretty reliable. Oh yeah. Whether you fertilize big it or not. Yeah.
10: Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the time.
1: Good luck. Thank you. All 88 67 210 308 88 got a line open so uh, give us a call and be a part of the show what's going on trace
2: uh how do you like them uh, lower Bush petunias aren't I they? like them a lot They've... oh
3: yeah people are people are walking out with them all right. yep
2: and beautiful I mean that's uh, yeah that's they good. really are and we're the only ones that have them
1: yep that's right took we a made. chance on them and so if you're looking for you to talk a little bit about them
2: uh, sure, it's a it's a great reseeding petunia, um, half day sun or more. Uh, this is the upright version, so the one that grows out is VIP, but the blue oh, is, okay. is is the same, and we've determined that it is fuchsia. Uh, although we do have a lighter pink in stock as well.
1: Now, who voted for fuchsia? I thought we determined was violent. Uh, Violet? Oh, violent. okay.
6: Watch
2: it. I was just checking to see <laughs> <trying> <laughs> to sneak if, if he's, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Well, see if he's listening.
4: Uh-huh. I bet. I'll bet Billy McKenzie voted for a few show over there. Maybe that, so. Hey, Billy's Billy.
1: here. Yeah. All right. So, and uh, Millburgers has them. You can see the pink ones. You can see the. They're very distinctive in terms of the coloring. And they originated right here in San Antonio. And is that right? Yeah. Wow. And it do so like on that second
2: those first seven eight flats or so are a slightly different color. Yeah, and, looks and like there's even white. Some, there's even some variations in there. If you look at that one, that one's a very pale pink, but there's different versions of, of pink in those flats. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they're all seedlings. In other words, grown from a seed rather than a cutting. Very cool. When we when we first put those on the market, uh they, they decided that they were going to do cuttings, and uh, after about three cuttings, okay, I'm talking color spot nurseries, uh, after about three or four cuttings, they had virus in them, and they quit blooming.
5: Hmm.
3: So uh, they have to, have to reseed, in other words. Oh, okay. But the, these that are being sold out here, are each one of them are from a seed. So they won't have a virus or any problems uh, with that situation.
1: Um, they're two ninety nine for the four and a half inch. Yes. And uh,
2: if I want ten, you save some money. Okay. okay. Drop ten or more drops them to two oh. two fifty. Okay. If somebody wants to buy eleven, we're gonna give them all right at two fifty.
1: All right. Hey, that's a good deal. That was one of my questions. <laughs> and then uh, we got a couple minutes left so uh, you want to talk about the plant of the weekend plant of
2: the weekend, weekend, weekend basalmic basil so this was a 2017 Texas superstar but there weren't very many out there on the market and I think I bought them all so uh, I'm, I'm not I don't have them all this year but it is one of the best basils that you could possibly plant and it is pretty on top of all that, it's got the nice green leaves but it has a purple Seed head, and uh, makes it definitely stand out. Very, very usable. If you're googling it, make sure you put "plant" on the end of it. Otherwise, you're going to see yeah. recipes for uh, salad dressing. Yeah, for using it.
1: Yeah, um, and they did mention that the whole plant was edible. That it is. Which, um, well, according to AgriLife Today, really. Uh, it's, but I guess so. Other basil, you don't eat the whole thing.
3: I, I think they're all need the leaves. Yeah. Okay.
1: So you don't eat the whole thing. Well, on the balsamic, it said you could.
3: Well, yeah, if you can chew it, you can eat it. Okay. You
1: know. Oh. oh. Uh, I'm just. But
3: culinary cooks, you know, what I mean. Okay. The, the cooks just use the. Okay. Use the leaves and the uh, tend to listen, stem.
4: Listen to Jerry, the expert
2: on <laughs> that.
1: culinary. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> But we do have that in,
2: uh, in four-and-a-half-inch pots, in, uh-huh. with, in with our regular herbs at 229 And then we've got a handful of 10-inch pots, and they are big and beautiful. And really decorative. Uh, if you've got a little herb garden on your patio, they're very nice
4: uh, to look at and productive. And they smell good, too.
6: Mm.
7: They smell good.
1: All righty. All right, listen, we're going to begin to wrap up for today. Thanks, Trace, coming on the porch and talking to us. Thanks, of course, uh, to you for listening and being a part of the show. And, of course, Al uh, gets your calls on the air. So Billy's uh, over
4: there getting, What's he getting tomatoes.
1: Uh-oh. He heard you, Chair. Heard you, Calvin. All right, we're going to say goodbye for today. I'm Milton Glick. Be sure to join us tomorrow back here at the nursery, 1604 on Boulevardy Road. And uh, we'll be answering your garden questions then. See you tomorrow on 930 AM, The Answer.